Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Uh, tonight, episode 31, we're talking about water purification. The who, what, where, why, and when. Try to answer all the big things, give you some methodology behind it, and uh, just some general good information to have when it comes to uh, treating water out in the wild. I say out in the wild, but out in the woods, I guess is what we're trying to get across. So, your thoughts, Ben? Who should treat their water? Anyone who doesn't want to get sick. <laughs> uh, I, I know we've talked a little bit this in the, in the past, but if you're out there and you're drinking unknown water, untested water, you're you're taking a, a pretty severe risk. Uh, we I did it a lot growing up uh, in the area I grew up. Water was con generally considered relatively safe. If it was running, we we would drink it. But even back home, uh, I have I worked in a in a woods clearing crew one time and we had two groups there was the cutters and the clear clearers i was a clearer so i picked up brush and moved it away the the brush clearers we we only had to carry really our food and water so we carried plenty of water the cutters had to carry their size they made more money they carried their size and their fuel some of them decided one time i'm not going to carry as much water i'll just drink out of the lakes and ponds um the next morning the entire crew, because they drank from this one pond, got beaver fever. I, I can't remember the proper name. Maybe you know it. Oh, uh, there's there's a few things you can get there. I, I, is that Jardia? I can't, I can't yeah, remember I, anyway, but I know what you mean. Miserable. They were miserable. I mean, they were, you know, they were puking and there was blood involved and, and, and diarrhea. And, and it was a very miserable time. And in the... In the right circumstance, that's definitely life-threatening. Uh, they were all fine, but uh, very much regretted that decision. So if you're going to go out in the woods and you don't want to carry four or five gallons of water with you when you go for a day or two trip, you're pretty well down to some kind of water purification method. No, I 100% like kind of agree. Um, Chris just made a point, and he's saying, and I'm not picking on Chris at all, uh, he must admit, if it's moving fast and over a lot of rocks, he doesn't treat his water. And I, I think Chris is over in Newfoundland, right? Yeah. Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. They don't have as much farming over there. They have more farming than Nova Scotia. I thought it wasn't as much. It was mostly fishing much, and... Much of Newfoundland is very much on farm. There are a few small farms around and different areas would have a few more. But much of Newfoundland has little in the way of, especially an industrial-style farm, lots of little family-sized farms. So, yeah, you don't have that that issue. You have a lot of big bogs and stuff um, and a lot, a lot of water. It's a very wet province. Um, but even on running water, if and, and I've seen this, if upstream from where you're collecting this, what looks like clean running water, there's a dead moose or caribou laying in the water. You may not notice it, but your your bacteria and viruses and risks are still there. But moving water in Newfoundland does tend to be, or seems, for me, has been relatively a safe bet. Uh, and I'd often stick my face right in the river and drink it. Um, I would be much less inclined to do it here in Nova Scotia. And that's um, the point I was going to make here in Nova Scotia. Back when I was a kid and starting to run around in the woods, yeah, I got away with drinking out of streams and stuff. But as 
like agriculture and stuff has expanded a lot in Nova Scotia and the use of pesticides and stuff like that has become a lot more prevalent, not even in the farming industry, but even in the civiculture and forestry, they're spraying to keep certain trees from growing and stuff like that. And all that runoff tends to go into the rivers and stuff now. So the chemicals and stuff, you may not get a lot of the stuff out of there, but more I'm thinking like the farmland and stuff. You're pushing a lot of uh, that manure product and things into the water. And there are some places in Nova Scotia that use human fecal matter as a fertilizer. So you're yeah. already got a like a recipe for disaster if that hits a main water supply. Don't get me wrong. There's regulations. They're going to be so far from water supplies and stuff like that. But I mean, things still get by. Flash floods. Churro. Prime example. That place floods quite a bit. It's just oh, yeah. low, below sea level and it floods up. And a farm that might have been the proper distance away is now underwater. So, I mean, it, it's kind of more of a concern here in Nova Scotia than it would be in Newfoundland. But the reality is, as agriculture and people expand into these uncharted, well, not uncharted, but on cultivated areas and spread stuff out, there's higher and higher and higher potential for stuff you don't want to get into your wood, your drinking water. The, the other thing here that I find is the rivers tend to be slower moving and muddier. Yes. Uh Newfoundland rivers tend to generally be going over a lot more bedrock, crushed rock. There's a bit of a more of a natural filtration, I feel. Um, and that's, that's a personal opinion. It's not a scientific opinion. So you could theoretically get away with it a bit safer in some areas than others, for sure. If you were further up north where you have a lot less population and stuff, there are, are, you know, you might get away with it more frequently. Um, but the risk is still there. Like I said, you don't know necessarily what could be upstream uh, or what may may be affecting your water. So taking that those few minutes to purify it, and we're and and this is the why. Like you can't carry enough water for a four or five day trip reasonably. I think they re- recommend what two to four liters of water a day. Yeah, I think it's four liters per day per adult. That's with light to moderate activity. So if you plan yeah. on doing, like, if you're walking into this location, you're now over, like, the moderate activity. And if you're setting up and, you know, doing the bushcrafting thing, chances are you're going to be exerting a little effort. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't take you long to blow through a day's water like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So a four liters of water, that's a gallon of water. If you're going out for five days, that's five gallons of water. So you're looking at about 50 pounds worth of water. A lot of us, that's more than the total weight of our gear. Yeah, for sure. Like when we went camping, what was our bags? I think you were 47 pounds and mine was 53. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to strap another 50 pounds of water onto that. <laughs> no. And, and, and that's the thing. So this, the, the reason to have these water purification systems is it allows you to go further, faster, you know, easier. It's, it, it's, it is. It's, it's the, I love the word, you know, a force multiplier. If you you want to get out and enjoy it, and there's a way that you can, then being able to collect water in the environment and safely drink it means that you can you can be out there longer and you can enjoy yourself. Uh, and and that's what this bushcrafting is all about. So, who should be doing it? I mean, anyone who's who's not 100% sure of the water source should be purifying it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but if you're very, very confident and you're sure that the water source that you have is a safe and clean water source, you know, more power to you. You've got, you've done your due diligence. Uh, I would never tell someone to drink from water they, they're not sure of. 
No, I'm sure you agree. But uh, I just want to add on for your who, you can't always trust water sources that you thought were good either. Uh, I have a property in Barney's River, and the homestead that was there was 100% fed by an above-ground spring. And my grandparents lived there. They drank from that spring my entire time growing up, drank from that spring. Uh, I recently come back into the property, and I was down there and looking at the water and stuff like that and had sent something to get tested. No longer safe to drink because the forestry industry down there, a lumber mill, I won't give the name, but it expanded out a little bit and has since contaminated the water. I mean, to look at the spring, it's in the same place and nothing around it has changed, but far enough away, but still close enough to contaminate it. So, Yeah. So, I mean, and, and those are the facts, right? So... We've kind of gotten to the point where why are we doing it? We want to be safe. We, we want it. And we want to talk about what purification can do, what methods kind of work and what, why we choose the methods we choose. Uh, I think we're both using a very similar method. Mm-hmm. Um, so the method I've chosen, I believe the method you have chose is the uh, Sire Mini. Yes. Mine just happens to be sitting at a arm's reach, but give me one second here. Sorry about that. As the little one came in and ran out, she took it with her. And I didn't notice she set it up <laughs> on the shelf. So anyway, yeah. So your mini. <clears throat> so, I mean, lightweight only weighs a couple ounces, I think, if that does say somewhere. In the yeah, specs. it must be on the actual package. Uh, and it filters down to 0.1 microns. I think they're rated to do 100,000 gallons in their lifetime. Which is yeah, I think it's a hundred or hundred and fifty thousand gallons. If you base it on the one gallon per person per day, it's like thirty-five years worth of water or something. Yeah, I did you know so, shady math once on this. But but the end result is, for the average person getting out to go camping, if this is maintained, it's more or less a lifetime product. It it'll last you your lifetime for hiking. Uh, and I happen to have a couple. I have one. My wife has one. Uh, we'll probably eventually get the kids to each have one. They're very simple. They come with a syringe. You can back flush them with water. You put clean through it. It removes pretty well any bacteria, virus, cyst that could potentially cause you health problems. It cannot necessarily get rid of things that are dissolved in the water. So certain chemicals and uh, stuff like that can get through it. So you're still looking for relatively clean, safe water. Um, still, like you just don't go to the most dirty point of water because even if you do get dirt water, it's going to clog up quicker and better. So you're always trying to, uh, if it happens to be a little muddy, you might want to pre-filter it with a, with a handkerchief or a smog or something. Sure. There's a new but, system uh, out that I'm trying to remember the name off, and you may be, be able to remember it. It's similar to this, but it's not really like this. It's you fill up the container and you push the filter down into it. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, like an aqua press. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, it has a charcoal activating filter in it, and it's actually supposed to be a little better than the Sawyer Mini. Uh, you and I discussed this on our trip. The Sawyer Mini, for mostly anywhere in Canada, you're probably going to be all right when it comes to the micron size. Uh, anything yeah. below that 0.1 microns is generally 
not parasites that we have in North America. I mean, not 100%. I'm not telling everybody, oh, you're 100% safe. There's still a little bit of risk in there. So I'm not a weak yeah, that. I think when I was researching a few years ago, there was nothing they said in North America that was a health concern that they thought would make it through it. There was something that was occasionally found in Africa that could potentially get through this. Uh, and improper use of this. So if you allow water to get on the outside, like dirty water to be on the outside, or if you if it's wet and water's dripping around it, yeah, then you're contaminating your source. You're contaminating your source. Uh, I mean, it's still probably cleaner than it would be otherwise because the majority of it's filtered through, but it's only a small amount of virus or bacteria to get through that next thing you know you are sick or 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 made very uncomfortable. So, like I said, this this is me and your choice uh, right now. I know there's the life drive there. Uh, I think its numbers aren't quite as good, and it's not really back flushable, so its longevity is less. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's actually comparable in price. I think the Sawyer Mini is going for around thirty bucks on Amazon. Yeah. I think the life straw is going for around twenty four to twenty six. Uh, and the yeah. life straw is good for about 30,000 gallons versus the 100,000 or the 150,000 or whatever that thing's good for, right? But as you said, it, that's mostly due to the non-back flushability of it. Yeah. Uh, there are ones with uh, uh, UV lights. There's purification systems you can get with UV lights with charcoal filters that remove odors and taste. Um, and you, you can... Combine these with these type of products. So you can pre-filter with this or pre-filter with something else and then use this as a final filter. All these are great options. Uh, find what works for you, what you're comfortable with. There's the ones you can pump. Uh, with this one, I'm, I'm lazy. Uh, I, I have one of these uh, bags that open up in the top. I can scoop up a whole bunch of water. I hang the thing in a tree. I put my filter partway in, into it. And I leave it to drip in. Uh, when I was with you, you've seen me overfill many a bottle. Easy. Very easy. Um, the last thing I'm going to say on this before we move on, because our time's almost up on this, uh, an example of something that didn't get filtered through on our trip was the tannin in the water. Yes. Uh, so that that's a good example. Like the water didn't come out crystal clear. It came out with a slight tinge to it. And it was just the tannin left in the water. And no great amounts of tannin are not great for the human body. But for the amount that was in the water, I was no worse for wear. I drank it for the three days we were out there. I guess one, yeah, three days when it was all said and done. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And no ill effects. So keep that in mind, too. Yeah. Um, uh, we found the same thing in Kedji. A few places we've used it. It it, it passes through. has a slight, uh, oftentimes, almost like apple juice uh, coloration yeah. to it. Um, so, yeah, another real common one that uh, a lot of people do in the bushcraft universe or even the camping universe is boiling water. And yes. uh, it, it's a very common one, and there's different methods of boiling. You can either, you know, the good old-fashioned, you have a cup, pot, something like that. You boil the water and things are good. Or what we talked about, you put the heated rocks into a container to boil the rock, or <laughs> to boil the rock, to boil the water. Uh, which obviously has some, some drawbacks. If you need a good fire, you need good rocks, and you need a good container to put them in. Uh, but yeah, boiling in general is getting the water hot enough that it kills off the parasites and stuff inside. 
once again, the downside of that is anything else that's in the water is not going to come out of it. It's only going to kill the living organisms. As where something like this, as long as it's bigger than one micron, it's going to filter it out. But with boiling yes. water, everything that's in that pot or cup or whatever, when you boil it, remains in there. You just kill the living bacteria and parasites and organisms and stuff like that. So you get a little bit of protein. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good for you. If you're drinking it right out of the river anyway, I mean, it's not going to hurt. <laughs> um, no, boiling water is a great method. It's been around for hundreds of years. It's if, As long as you have a fuel source, you can do as much of it as you as you want. Similar in idea to our filter system. It, it deals with large volumes, and your your limitation is 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 pretty well beyond your, your means, uh, which which is a great thing. Um, and it's relatively simple, but it does take having a fire. Uh, it does take time, and there is an element of risk to it. Like if you're heating up rocks and trying to transfer rocks into a uh, into a container that can't be held over the fire to boil, then you run the risk of having the rocks fall on you and burning. Uh, and it's a lot of work. It's it's effort. Uh, but getting into the woods with these minimal methods is a lot lighter and easier. So for sure. Uh, uh, another big thing I want to say about the rocks one that just popped into my head is if you are using rock, using this method, even if you want to try this method, try not to grab river rocks that are wet. And if you do grab rocks and you want to try this method, try drying the rocks beside the fire for a few hours before you start actually heating them up. Uh, what can happen is like micro openings in the rock and stuff like that. will let water in. You start heating that rock up. That water tries to expand, can't escape, causes steam, you get an explosion, and I mean, I have seen rocks pop. Uh, I think a couple of them popped while we were down there. Nothing big, no danger there, yeah. but there is potential for a fairly good pop, and a piece may come up and hit you in the eye or something like that, right? So, just keep that in mind. You, yeah, there's, anytime you're dealing with rocks and fire, you, you do have to be be careful, because like you say, if, the, if that expands, it, it, it does basically explode, so... Uh, and in dropping a rock into a uh, hot rock into water, you have a similar risk. That rapid expansion and contraction can cause the rock itself to shatter yep. uh, and cause issues. Plus, there could potentially be dirt and, and chemicals on the rock that you're now releasing because you're putting it into water. So, yeah. So a good thing uh, to remember is any method you use is going to have pros and cons. Oh yeah. Um, another one I brought this. Uh, yes. And we, I talk. So th this is a bottle of essential oils, and it is it does contain essential oils. Uh, I would not use this to purify water, but if you were to empty this, a bottle this size, 15 milliliters, uh, and fill it with regular household bleach, unscented, uh, no perfumes or anything, uh, approximately one one and a half drops per liter will pretty well purify. Well. Kill any bacteria germs in the water. Um, so 15 milliliters will probably do about 10, 15 gallons, really. It's, mm. it's a significant amount, enough for a decent trip and take very little weight and costs next to nothing. Like you're talking, like you can buy a liter of bleach at the dollar store, I think, for a couple of bucks. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think they're two bucks at the dollar store. I never read the label. Maybe it's the wrong bleach, but there is bleach at the dollar store. Even if it's not, like plain old bleach like you said from walmart or any other big box smart what is it five bucks 
Yeah, it's not expensive. And you're getting a gallon. Like when you're considering like a, a liter of water is, is 1.3 drops. I think is the actual number I read. Uh, it's five drops to a gallon. Uh, it's not, you're not talking large amounts here. You're talking very little amount. You put it in, you shake it, you stir it, you leave it for about an hour to work. And, uh, it's considered basically safe to drink. If I find if you leave it overnight, you, you can't even taste the bleach if you, if you ever could. Um, so it's a really good easy method that's, you know, if you don't have time to start a fire and, and purify it, and you wanted something to go, this would be a great secondary method or primary method, depending on your, and your move. But yep. it, it would definitely work. So. And another one is iodine. We talked about that as well. Not really as common up here, but you can purify water with iodine. And a lot of people use the iodine over Javix because it reacts with, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Ben? It's purple. <laughs> the powder. Yeah, I can't remember right. what it is, but it's the, it's the powder that iodine reacts with to create fire. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. It's purple. It's you find it in uh, the gardening section, but um, it'll come to me eventually. I'm not going to waste too much time on that. But yeah, uh, that's another option there, and another a couple other things that you and I had talked about, but we won't chat about too much because there's a lot to them. Is they're more like uh, survival methods and things like that. Like we talked about dew gathering or solar stills or like um, building a still to distill seawater if you had to. Or natural filters was another one we talked about. Like where you could put um, what is it? Like grass leaves, then gravel, then charcoal, then sand. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. You try to filter it. basically varying stages, and you put charcoal in there because that that'll naturally absorb chemicals and stuff and purify and it's a great method but it's really time consuming to build and it's more of a long-term system uh it's great if you had a bushcraft camp and you had set it up and you could divert a certain amount of water or, or carry a certain amount of water or pour it in the top and you collect it at the bottom and and it's just a system for more or less purifying large quantities of water for long periods um but not really a great method for shorter. Yeah, if you're uh, going in for a weekend trip, don't rely on building a filter, for instance, unless for whatever reason that happened to be your project for the weekend. And the other ones, the solar still and stuff like that, uh, you're gathering natural humidity and condensing it, basically. So the water is inherently safe. Uh, yeah. it, it hasn't been contaminated. Same as collecting rainwater. We had talked about that one. And you said you had gotten an item for your tent, right? So, yeah, so we bought the Hennessy Scout uh, hammocks for my daughters. They came with a few uh, interesting little gadgets, uh, and they had these little funnels that attached to the corners of the tarps. And when the rainwater hits your tarp, it flows down your tarp, it gets collected by this funnel, and there's a thread on the bottom, and you can screw your average pop bottle onto it and fill it up. Uh, collecting rainwater is, is a perfect valid way of, of getting safe drinking water. Uh, I mean, just, it's, it's, it's a natural, um, still type, you know, um, why does the word I'm looking for, Robert, I know it. <laughs> it's, it's, um, to, to say it a different way is 
precipitated water hasn't been contaminated. So as long as you know what it has been touching, such as in your case, the side of the tent or something like that, as long as it wasn't contaminated, the water is automatically pured because it hasn't come into contact with any contaminants. It's a natural distilling process. It evaporates, hits the clouds, recondenses, and falls as purified water. The only contaminants it picks up is whatever it picks up between point A being the clouds and point B being your bottle. So as long as you can, you know, mediate that in some way, you basically have yourself good, clean water. So, I mean, and that's a good method. Collecting rainwater is a method that's been used for hundreds of years and works well. Um, so it's it's something to do, but you can't depend on it to rain every time. I mean, maybe if you're in D.C. or different areas, but here we could go weeks without rain, and we can go weeks with rain. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not dependable, but we do know we eventually always do get rain, just the time between is is definitely variable. And the other uh, problem is storing water long periods. That's where your uh, your bleach method comes in a little bit better because water that's been treated with bleach will store longer than water that has been treated with other methods. And by store, I mean if you were in for a long term, water can go stagnant. If you put oh, yeah. water and it doesn't have uh, anything to aerate or something like that, it'll restart growing bacteria. With the Javix or the bleach method that stays in the water for a good amount of time. So it will stay purified longer than say water you collected from rain and just left in a container for a week. Yeah. Yeah. So we've touched on chemical means. There's, there's other, I mean, we mentioned uh, bleach and iodine. There are other commercially bought uh, products that you can go out and buy and, and, Follow the instructions. We're not yeah, the actual them. water treatment tablets, but neither of us really use those no. ourselves. So I, I did in the past. I never really enjoyed it. I found it affected the water taste, and the effort was and it cost wasn't something I enjoyed. Uh, so you got your boiling standby, your filtering. It's it's quicker and easier. Uh, you can do it on the go. Your chemical. Um, you know, varies from dirt cheap to very expensive. And rain gathering, which requires you to have generally a large surface area that you can collect water on, so a large tarp or, or a sheet of plastic or something. Uh, and those are the main methods that I think either of us use or consider. Yeah, uh, are probably there, the more common methods as well. If there's, Are there other methods? Sure, there are hundreds of them, I'm sure of it. Uh, are we familiar with all of them? Not really, but... I mean, I, I've heard of people who, who say if you dig a hole, the water coming up through the ground is naturally filtered by something. But there's also risk that the ground itself is, has contaminants in it, and you need the right environment and stuff. Uh, and, and watching survival shows, they say the first couple of inches of water on a sunny day is pretty well purified by the UV rays and the sun. But am I going to depend on that? No, not really. Well, the water would have to be perfectly still. You're basically doing it by... Uh pasteurizing it right and i i guess a point we should have made wait from the start was there's a difference between water treatment and water filtration filtration yeah. is going to get your big particulate out so like your gravel your dirt your mud your you know chunky bits for lack of yeah. another word and water treatment is going to take your filtered water and make it something that's actually safe to drink filtered water yeah. if you just filter it through a bandana or something like that yeah you took out the chunky bits but all the dangerous bits are still in there 
you're better off to yeah. eat the little pebbles than you are to eat the protozoa and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said I, I've witnessed some of the things that can happen to people who just drink water. It's you know unsafe, and it and it it can make a miserable thing. And if you're out there to enjoy the outdoors, and you end up sick because you drank water that wasn't safe, uh, at best case you're miserable. At worst case. Your, your life is at risk. Life-threatening situation. So once again, Chris chimed in here, and I just want to get his uh, two cents across here, was uh, he's talking about a product, and he remembered seeing it. Uh, it was basically a sack, um, you fill it, and it filtered out sediment and stuff, and it ended up being called a mill bank bag. Are you familiar with this product? Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it at all, but to me, it still sounds like uh, a water filter more than a water treatment. Mm. I'd, I'd have to look it up to make an educated opinion on it, to be honest with you, Chris. Uh, we have about three minutes left. Do you know if that actually does filtering or treatment? And uh, I'll wait for his response and see what comes up. So we are in the final minutes here. Ben was uh, to kind of shut her down. What's your final thoughts? What method do you think for you do you personally like and what method do you think is personally best? Uh, I think the Sawyer Mini right now is my go-to. I've, I've looked at other products. I've considered them generally for cost and ease of use. That's the method that I, I chose a few years ago. I'll, I will continue to use it. The, uh, the bleach method would probably be my secondary thing. Uh, and I always have a pot so I can always boil water. So I have pretty well at any given time three methods of uh, getting safe drinking water which I think is is an adequate amount on a trip mm. uh, for yourself what's you on a similar path or so yeah I have uh, I've always been a boil boy for what it's worth I always boiled my water that was my go-to I'd filter it through like a bandana or something like that get out my chunky bits and then I would boil it and that was always my go-to. But the downside of that was you have to wait for the water to cool down unless you're making tea or something. And 99% of the time I'm making tea or coffee. I'm not going to lie. But I've gotten away from that. So you have to wait for the water to cool down before it's enjoyable to drink. And yeah. that just took a lot of time. And you, I think I, for our trip, I ended up buying one of these because I want to try one for ages. And this is now my go-to, the, uh, the Sawyer Mini there. I got mine in blaze orange just because it was a little easier to see if I drop it. But mind you, I'm blind. Uh, and I think I'm going to be picking up more of those too for the four-wheeler. I'm going to throw one in my truck because I go out in the woods sometimes in my truck just bombing around back roads. And Mel and I were out on the four-wheeler. And we only took like one little bottle of water for us because we were just going out for a short ride. And we ended up staying out longer because we had the time. We're like, ah, screw it. It's nice. We're having a good time. We're going to go further. And we got thirsty. We were in no danger, of course, but it would have been nice to have one in the little back part and just be like, oh, hey, we'll fill up our bottle again from the stream because there was lots of little streams and lakes and rivers and stuff like that that we went by. And I mean, for something that's literally like the size of my hand or lengthwise and weighs nothing, what better way to filter out tons of water? Uh, and, but yeah, still my backup method from that is definitely going to be boiling i'm i'm still a boil boy i like it it's just what i've always used i i don't have a lot of experience with the bleach i've known how to do it i've always kept it in my head how to do it uh i've just never used it personally because i always figured i would taste the bleach so chris has gotten back to us just 
one sec there, Ben. Right. Um, the heavy water filter bag will remove most suspended organic material in the water that uh, pathogens like to attach themselves to. The particulate materials in your water source can upset your stomach lining and give a bad taste to the water. Using the water filtration bag will give you more life to your filters and will spend less time cleaning them. So it is a filter, filter. not a treatment. Yeah. But... It's really a pre-filter for something like this, it sounds like. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting out of it, too. But I, I mean, still, once again, it, uh, I did quickly look on their site. It's a gigantic bag, so you could do a very large volume of water with it for long-term stays or something like that, or if you had a group. Oh, yeah. So I, I did a quick measurement. You're, you're at about the longest point, five and a quarter inches, and it's about an inch and a half wide at its thickest. So it's not very big. And I could try to weigh the thing, but I think it is like two ounces. Um, uh, I don't have my scale here. I would. Yeah, it, it's not heavy. Like literally, you hardly notice it in your hand. Compared to a 9-volt battery, the 9-volt battery is about twice as heavy. The only thing you want to keep, keep in mind with these, and this is, this is kind of my parting thought, you can't let them freeze. No, because correct me if I'm wrong, they work with tiny, tiny tubes. Yes. Exactly. So, I mean, it's great to leave one in your, your truck, and if it's clean and dry, it's probably fine. If you're out hiking, especially, say, in the winter, you may want to actually carry it on the inside of your gear in, in like, a in a shirt pocket so it stays warm. Take it out, filter your water, dry it as best you can, put it back in your pocket, keep it warm. Keep it in a warm, dry spot. Um, other than that, these things are basically bomb-proof. Um very little maintenance works well, um, and uh, I said I, I carry I carry everything I have. I have a little. Uh, yeah, you can't see through it. No, I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can see through that, but no, you can't. It's small enough, I, light won't pass through. I have one of these like Molly tip bags. I keep a bottle in that. It, the rest of the whole system fits in the little front pocket. I mean, that's that's a couple of bags. The, the syringe, the filter, and a little straw that came with it all fit in that little pocket. It's very convenient uh, and, and carries very well. Uh, so, I carry mine in my first aid kit. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, those are that's basically water filtration for me and you in, in the woods. Uh, it's it works for us. We're both uh, healthy surviving our trips. I was at last weekend. I used the Sawyer Mini. My whole family used the Sawyer Mini. We uh, we had no problems. We enjoyed it. It uh, worked very well. Um, Chris made one more point, and I want to get your two cents on this. Chris asked, would backwashing one of the Sawyer Minis with uh, isopropyl, I can't say that, but you know what I'm trying to say, rubbing alcohol, keep it from freezing? I don't think I would do that. And that's where I was going to sit. I'm going to say, yeah, it would probably keep it from freezing. I don't know if I want to suck back the remnants of the rubbing alcohol in my next drink. No. I know there's some pretty harsh stuff, like they like ethyl alcohol and stuff like that. I have 99% rubbing alcohol in there, and I know that point one is incredibly poisonous because they don't want you drinking it as a cheap substitute to liquor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the uh, alcohol that evaporates and the bad stuff that stays behind. I do not remember seeing anything about that on the instructions of how to how to use this stuff. Uh, and as such, it's I don't think it's recommended by Sawyer Mini. Uh, 
and I just don't feel it's worth the risk. Uh, I, I, you know, functionally, I think it would work. Um, yeah, I mean, there's instructions on the bag. It, um, it says avoid freezing unit. Unit, may, yeah. There's there's nothing on it about doing it. There's no real push for it. Uh, it does say back flush with water that's been that's Queen. been purified basically with its system, uh, and and that's what I do do. Uh, could it potentially work? Yes. Uh, would it potentially cause damage to the little straws and stuff inside of it? That's a risk I don't think I'd be willing to take. And I'm on the same page as you. Like, I'd be interested to see if it didn't freeze, and I'm sure it wouldn't. But I, I think the drawbacks would be one, you'd be taking in whatever the leftover gross stuff is from the rubbing alcohol, and two, you could end up like it may turn the plastic in here brittle. I don't know. Yeah, that that would be my concern that it would have a negative effect on the uh, on the internal workings of it, and uh, it's not been a problem for me so far to keep this thing from freezing. Um, so, like you said, it's very lightweight and and small. It does fit like in a in a in a, in a pocket inside my coat or something, no problem. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really have any final thoughts other than that. Too, you sum them up. So your mini's good. Follow the instructions, and it'll be great and last you for a long time. And I mean, I, I keep my instructions around, and I think I heard you looking at yours too. So, That's yeah, I, it's pretty straightforward. I couldn't remember anything talking about doing this stuff, but it, it's it lists everything to how to back flush it right onto the bag. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've done the back flush multiple times. Uh, if it's actually plugged on you when you back flush it, you can actually see like dirt and stuff coming out of it. It it is pretty amazing. You watch it go from like basically brown to clear clean again and then you just keep going uh now i just found a little interesting thing with mine i tried blowing through it lightly and the air doesn't move through and i remembered i had to actually squeeze the bag a little bit to get it going so there probably is a bit of pressure requirement to that as well oh yeah i mean it's there's a reason called the squeeze uh the, the bigger sawyer uh, filter is is about twice as big i think yeah, you can I actually you can hook that one to your faucet tap. Oh, cool. Or a small pump. Um, would work good for like if you had like a trailer or something or, or, or a, a, a camp type filter system, maybe a large bucket that you were filtering through. You could put it right in the stream and it would, it allows for more flow and stuff. It's just bigger. The very last tagline I'll give one of these. And we are no way sponsored by Sawyer. I mean, I wish we were, but we're not. Uh, we just like the product. If they're, if they're watching. <laughs> um, these can go in camelbacks. The the line that comes from your camelback or whatever your hydration pouch happens to be of choice. Uh, you can just snip the line. This has two fitted ends, which, yeah, just go in between. And you can literally just have inline dunk your camel back or hydration bag, throw it in your pack, and it's an inline filter. You're good to go. That's that's what I use. I, I kind of quickly showed it. I have a, a cheap one. This is a Woods Wing from Canadian Tire. It was, uh, I think it was a discontinued product. I bought two or three of them, uh, and I, I set it up exactly like that. I have the, uh, this is the clip that goes onto the top of it. 
and I hung it on a tree. It's, it works great. Uh, like I said, you, you walk away from it, forget about it, come back 15, 20 minutes later, your buck, your thing is full. Yep. So, uh, and the last thing Chris said, I don't know if this is plugged to a company he knows or not, but I'm willing to just throw it out there because Chris has been with us since basically day one. Uh, there's another company developing something similar. Uh, might come out on a lower price point. It's called Dragoon Unlimited is the company name. So if anybody wants to take a look at that and make an opinion, I may do it ourselves after this uh, we finish up here. But uh, that's pretty much our time. We actually ran over a little bit, but we're not too, too bad. We're getting, we're getting the hang of this new format. So yep. I think that's it for me. Everybody get out there, have fun, play safe, uh, and come back and give us some tales. All right, guys. Have a good night.